Welcome to another episode of Monday Funday Podcast. I'm your host, Amel Qadri. If you can speak Arabic, Ahmel Qadri. Today we have a guest who's just not in the mood right now because... Your building <laughs> is so obscene. They should, they should shut it down immediately and evict absolutely all 700 residents of this building. Finding your apartment, first of all, the lobby people could not be ruder. Yeah, they're rude. I'm like, hey, uh, can I call in? Mm, sorry, we don't do that. What do you do? <laughs> Nothing. Like, what is the concierge for? And then, and then you I went come up, in and here, then... and it's a sty. Because men do not know how to live. They see how people do you date women. Yes. Okay, so you've been to a woman's apartment. Yes. Well, do you think it's magically? Like, what do you think happens in a woman's apartment versus a guy's apartment? Do you live here alone? No, I have a roommate. Oh, okay. So we could potentially put it on the roommate. Yes. You th- are you going to put it on the roommate? Because I no, we're gonna room. we're gonna say both because you know we it's been it's been uh, we I tr- we travel a lot so Same. yeah I, I happen to travel a lot. <laughs> Women are traveling. You'd never believe it. You'd never believe it in 2022. Who is traveling? They're letting anybody on a plane, apparently. <laughs> it's amazing. But men don't care. They live. They just. It's, they it's don't a, care. Yes, it's messy. Yes, I admit it. And, and what's funny is I was like, oh, I should clean my room ASAP because I know it's not going to look. I know it's not presentable. This I know is, it's not presentable. Once a week, I have to go into some man's apartment for a podcast <laughs> and I have to be just bombarded with the hellish landscape that is being. A man in America. It's almost, it's like a mental assault to some extent. Listen, I grew up in extreme poverty with cockroaches and everything doing. Okay, and the first thing when I got out, I said, oh, I don't have to live like, even if my place is the size of this table, which I've lived in places yeah. not much bigger. Right. The one thing I can control is neat. You're right. And they have no self-respect. They don't care. They don't know that everything connects. How you live is how you hear, how you feel. Oh, my God. And they don't care. And then they dump this onto women. <laughs> this is what they do. Not intentionally. Okay. Not intentionally. Not in- but um, it is intentional when you're aware. Now you're aware. Yeah. And you're not going to change your ways. You know what? <laughs> Let's clock it. Let's come back in one year from now. I'm going to do a spot check. I'm okay, not going to lie Okay, June 15, 2023. Okay, I'm going to write. I'm coming and I'm going to make knock, knock. I'm here. Uh, June 15, 2023. No, that's it. Put it in the cow. Put it in the cow. He's going to lose this cow. <laughs> he just, he grabbed this cow from nothing. The cow's already gone. Oh but I'll tell you who's not going to forget me as an organized individual. I forgot to make my bed. I usually, I'm okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not you know gonna what? give excuses. I watched this guy, kind of philosophical guy on YouTube. I think his name is CK Space. He does minimalism. Okay. He's a kid in China. He's okay. basically 25 years old. All right. And he just talks about your environment and right. things like this. And one thing he said, and I've always made my bed every morning because I'm not an animal. One thing he said is the reason he makes his bed every morning, he was in the army. They have a mandatory army where he lives. Yeah. And he said that why the army takes bed making so seriously. Do you know why? Why? Because, uh, because after a long day, you feel like you didn't accomplish anything. When you go back, you feel like you've accomplished something or you got something done. Yes. Very, very close. At first I was ready to chastise you, but yes, it's so you start off your morning and it's not after a long day. It's so that you start off your morning with a win that you've gotten up and you've done something. It just sets the tone for your day. The tone of your day is nothing. Yeah. Okay, and it, it's a miracle if anybody comes through the store and does something for you. I've come through the store, and so now you've done something. But really, you've done nothing, and I've done it all just right. by showing up. Right, right, right. Anyway, I'm happy to be here. This is me. <laughs> this is me happy to be here. We're actually friends. This is how I am with friends. If I'm not complaining, I'm not enjoying. No, 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 Robbie. You don't understand why I love this. I need to hear this because yeah. I, I, the first thing I did when I woke up was. I was like, uh, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym first, you know, okay. priorities. Okay. I was like, let I me, I want to, I was like, you know what? Let me get my workout in. I have to get my workout in. Fine. I did. And then I showered. I started like, like setting up the pod, setting up the lights and everything. And then I was like, oh, I need to run and throw the dirty clothes on the floor. I got to throw it in the basket. Did it have enough time? Bada big, bada boom, you're up here and <laughs> you're letting me have it. And I deserve this. I yeah, deserve my question this. <laughs> is, putting the clothes on the floor when you have a basket on the floor, 
how much further when you immediately <laughs> take off the clothes is it to just directly put them in the basket rather than two steps? Because it's right there. It's not like the basket's somewhere else. It's also on the floor. I'll just have you guys know. The basket is also on. So you'd have to go out of your way to miss the basket. The basket's as easily. Uh, yeah. I'm taking this all in right now because Please. I need this reality check. You know, if you, you need it. Uh, yeah, I do. And this is what I'm going around doing. You know, they do queer eye for the straight guy. They don't have a, a they got to get a dyke on the show. It's got to be yeah. me. They're too nice on that show. Yeah, me, they I'm need going, to. What's going on? Up, 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 you, up. You, you know what? I, I need to hear this. If you want, I know you got something to go. Uh, you have to go leave after this recording. Mm-hmm. But if you want to come back and, you know, fix my life, that'd be great. I'd accept that as well. June 15th, 2023. 2023. We'll okay. see if he does. I will. I will set it up on my planner, on my calendar. Now, what he is just... this godforsaken podcast about? Okay. <laughs> so it's called Monday Funday Podcast. Basically, we share a piece of advice of things that we've learned. Uh, so basically, it starts off with what's a great piece of advice you were given? Who told it to you? And where were you in your life when you were given this piece of advice? You know. I honestly can't say I've gotten so much good advice. It could be bad advice, too. I don't. I've gotten so many. I've gotten more bad advice than good advice, honestly. What I've gotten bad adv- advice you've gotten. One time in Texas, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. And so one time this, huh? So sorry. Yeah, thank that. you. And uh, in high school, I, you know, I was just a kid that never had trouble. I was very nice and I never had trouble getting girls. And one guy said, uh, treat them like dirt. They'll stick like mud. And I was 16 years old and I was still thinking, that's not good advice. I mean, some girls, because the self-esteem that men have put them through, mm-hmm. they, that does work because they have poor self-esteem right. after men have literally been stomping on them and not caring and yes. taking them for granted. I so agree. they're in a place where that could work. But the quality right. of girl you're getting is not, not somebody who feels assured and who feels, you know. Oh, and it's going to um, and it's going to hurt you in the end. She's going to leave you for some once she finally has self-esteem or it's just not going to be a healthy relationship the whole time i don't know it's just not it's not going to start off on the right foot but uh, i just get so much advice and the problem is it's mostly coming from men mm -hmm. and so it's very difficult you know you get advice and and a lot of the advice is projecting from the person what their insecurities are you know i got advice early on i was kind of funny kind of off uh, out out the gate i was funny maybe i didn't my material wasn't there maybe not everything was there, but right. I had, there was a spark. There was something when I started that made it seem like nobody was like, oh, I'm in the wrong place. I shouldn't be doing this, that sort of thing. Correct. And so I got heat in my little town um, where I started. I started in Montreal. Uh-huh. And right away, some of the older guns, guys who've been in their 50s, you know, uh-huh. I'm in like my early 20s and they're like telling me it takes 10 years to be funny. Even oh though they're sitting there God, they're, for they, 35 years. They give the worst and they're advice. Not funny they and we're the doing war. the same shows so i knew same even, material even in my, yeah i knew early on even i'm like that guy is insecure and threatened by me right and trying to dissuade me from carrying on that it's going to take so long and all this stuff actually the more advice i've gotten early on the more like obviously insecure advice of people projecting to me the more i've known to just like tune it out yeah i get advice by examples i look at examples of people and what they've done Mm -hmm. and i infer the advice of that i don't like it's not like hey you should do this as this i look at an example say of a career that i love and i look at the hard work and and the stuff that goes into it and i'm inspired by that that's kind of the advice that i get i don't get advice from people who are not doing great or you know insecure about their position whether it be professionally or romantically or whatever about what to do with my life so i don't take the words i'm like let's look at what you're up to Mm -hmm. type of thing i can't remember specific advice for that reason because i think i've blocked most (laughs) of it out because i can clock it as bad for me right away or somebody trying to get in my head right oh well there's a difference between an advice and someone just projecting their insecurities on you which that yeah for sure i mean i too see other people's how the way they live their lives or observing the way they do things as an advice or i take it for myself you know what i mean actually a great piece of advice was just right now was you know no matter what you know 
clean your room. If you have guests coming, clean your room. See, sure. I gave great advice. This is you why do I give great advice. advice during the pandemic. I'm a dyke, dyke giving vice. advice. Yeah, dyke. I'm a dyke giving advice. But people called in. I just did a call-in show, and I would set them straight, ironically enough. But... Yeah, I give great advice, okay. having received almost no good advice. <laughs> I'm the most altruistic person I know. I'm benevolent beyond how I should be. It's to the point of being taken advantage of. I give such great advice, and I actually shouldn't. What, what have you given me? I've given you advice that literally is about to change your life if you stick to it. I've given you nothing, Robbie. Nothing. I've given you nothing. nothing. I apologize. I owe you so much right now. You oh. do. Is there anything that you want advice on, though? No, not from you. Okay. I'm <laughs> looking at the state of affairs, and I'm going again. I don't want advice. Okay, then. I don't want advice. Okay, then what? <laughs> Listen, and that's why I asked you to be on this podcast so, you know, you can share with the audience your wisdom. I'll tell you, my friend Ryan's father used to say okay. nice, interesting things, okay? Now, keep in mind, this guy is is extremely wealthy, inherited wealth, and then blew up that wealth even more, okay? okay. So take it with a grain of salt because my, my view of the world is very simple. Yeah. There's, you either come for money or you don't. Right. And there's, that's it. Yeah. Okay. That's all I know. I don't. It's not advice. It's just the way I categorize the world. That's why some people try and put me in boxes like, "Oh, you're this queer thing. You're part of yeah. pride." And other people try and put me in in boxes like, "Oh, female. Da da da. You're this." There's the poor, and there's the not. There's the haves and the haves not. Right. I relate so much more to people who grew up like me than any other thing than one gay one gay person yeah to yeah i agree any other thing if we grew up similarly without any means i get you 10 times more than i would get somebody just because they're gay right so that's the way i categorize the world yes he categorizes it he said there are takers and there are givers Ooh. okay that you are a taker <laughs> and i am a giver and it's actually to my detriment because i've given things to people and they've taken advantage of it or also stolen from me. You know, it could be anything from material stealing. You know, I've had girlfriends who take money for me and that sort of thing early on. Right. I've also had uh, people who take ideas for me, that sort of thing. But it all comes around, okay? If you're a taker, eventually it comes around, okay? Yeah. Something happens. And when you're a giver, you start to give. And then so you, you lose out from not having people give you so many things and then it pours it forces you to do stuff for yourself so everything balances out i understand it's there's a person who's a taker and there's a person there's a giver but i feel like there's it's also a balance it's like there's a person who's like 75 percent taker 25 percent giver or no so then you're a take so then wherever the balance is is where the camp yeah but is. i'm saying it fluctuates constantly you know it doesn't Mm. It can't, you know, I think if you're in that, it fluctuates over time, that mm -hmm. needle. But I don't think it goes back. I think you want to get to a place of giving, ultimately. Right. Um, as soon as you can get there. You know, in your old age, you want to get, you think about it realistically. Giving, you're, you're not taking anything with you to the grave. Yeah, I agree. But yourself. So the more you give that you don't, the more, you know, it kind of is some people find a lot of really good work in charity and stuff like that. I, I haven't gotten there, but you know what I mean? It's supposed to be fulfilling to help people, but it's not fulfilling to help people when you're taking advantage of. Correct. So there's a balance in everything. Okay. Number one, I don't, I hope you don't feel like I'm taking advantage of you. No, but sense. if I, if I continue to see you and continue to give you and nothing happens. Oh, uh, no, that's not. No, I'm kidding. Uh, okay, in this yeah. way, no. No, no. no. Oh, I'm by the way, by the way, yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, yeah, we met because, you know, Robbie just moved from New York. I was producing a park show. Uh, this is during the pandemic. That's true. I had Robbie on the show. I thought you were so funny Thank and you. you're amazing. And every time I see you at a different, at another show, I'm very delighted to see your presence. I always come up to you, talk to you, hang out with you. In Same. The back. I so, appreciate yes, you yeah. comedically. You're very, very funny. And the other areas in your life need work. <laughs> yeah. No, a hundred. I agree. We're all a work in progress. By the way, I have areas of my love life. I, I need work. I, okay? I'm not saying, oh, but I'm saying why I started the, why I started yeah. this podcast. 
Yeah. Seriously, I invited people that I admire. I invite people, and I usually sometimes people send emails of piece of advice they were given, and I try to share my advice, which leads to the yes. takers and givers because you just struck a chord. Not not a big thing, but mm. last week, June fifth, uh, was the year anniversary of my father's death. Okay. Oh my God! How horrendous. Uh huh. Explains were you close? explains the, very close. They explains you were very close, and he died. That's horrendous. What yeah. did he die of? Uh, COVID. He had. Are you kidding? Yeah. He Have had you talked about this at length? I talked a little bit about his death here and there and stand up. I made a, I made jokes about grieving, not about my father, but I'm right now. He work- died of COVID. Yeah, I'm working on a one man. Sh- I've been writing this one man show about my father. It's like a love letter to my father, but which is funny because you said there is givers and takers. My dad, Allahyarhamo, may he rest in peace. Absolutely. He was a hundred percent giver. I would wake up. My dad would have rent from a very poor person to a very rich person That's come to our house and he would offer the person our bed you know yeah. or our couch and stuff we'd have to give them hospital all that stuff no resentment towards that i remember growing up as a teenager i used to have resentment with my father because i go baba all these men palestinian men but they were these men that would just take advantage of your generosity and my dad's like it's okay ahmed it's okay. if they don't if if they don't deserve it that means i deserve it in the next life like that's how my dad was we don't even have the next life okay. <laughs> yeah but that's what Jews my dad. go we don't know <laughs> Jews go listen we gotta be honest could be could not it's yeah. as crazy that we're here that there could be another life. What we do know is this life here. I right. will say this, and this goes back to my point of categorizing the world in, the, in, in, in people rich and the poor. haves and the haves not, the rich and the poor. The most generous people I know come from poverty. Yes. Okay? You will not find generosity in rich circles. Definitely If not. the people are born rich, they don't know it because these are all takers. Okay? And they've succeeded in many ways taking. You think of the biggest companies in the world. They take, they take, oh, they take. 100%. So morally speaking, they're empty and vapid and they have horrible personalities, but they get to live in nice houses. I've started to determine that rich people aren't worth talked about this before they're not worth their perks if you're in a rich person's house and you're enjoying the pool but the rich people have the worst personalities i'd honestly rather be home right looking at a tv of a pool than at their house because terrible company to me is the worst thing i hate to be bored i hate to talk about nonsense that sort of stuff the poorer a person's experience was, the more generous they were. I remember always footing the bill, for instance, when me and five friends would go downtown or something, go out in university. I was always left with the cap, even though I was the only one on subsidy, something like that. Your father doesn't surprise me how generous he was, given you, you've noted and you knew to note yeah. because it's such a direct correlation that he grew up with not much. So we grew up sharing. Right. You know, I grew up in this kind of house. We had nothing. And my mother said, come, take, 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 take. Yeah. My mother was always, you know, we were feeding, we always feeding everybody, that sort of thing. And rich people, you go to their house and they go, oh, sorry, we don't like when anybody goes to our fridge. Oh my God! And the most right? fru- the Stuff most like frugal people. Yeah, the, the most, most frugal. Yeah, people. yeah. Fru- you know, frugal. It's not even. It's cheap and it's hoarding behavior. Yeah. And they have no personalities. We've had to just share with each other, literally break bread together, talk and enjoy almost no amenities but each other, which I really feel has been a benefit to especially what I do now, but in terms of my writing and character and people go, how do you write for those people? How do you, because I really got to know people. Right. I didn't get to know things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and now I can appreciate things. It's funny. I told my sister once, my sister lives and God bless her. She lives in beautiful, uh, you know, like she's got like a three bedroom home and she loves it. And my sister's been working since 15, her and her husband, both. And I came downstairs and she had her big couch. And I said, do you ever wish we didn't grow up so poor because we have such money trauma now? How much should we spend? And she goes, not for a second. Mm. I go, why? She goes, because see this couch, I appreciate it every single day mm-hmm. bruno and i come down her and her husband and we can't believe our cat we've had it for four years yeah every night when we sit on the couch we're like oh thank god we got this couch yeah, like they oh just yeah, love the things that they do have oh. and they don't need a lot of them right so it's actually we have a greater appreciation so it yeah. reminds me actually it's funny you mentioned that because a couple weeks ago i uh 
I was looking at this. There's this TikTok for Daniel Mack, and he's the guy that pulls up a camera to rich people, celebrities. He goes, oh, and he okay. labels the, the nice car. Have you seen that? No, no. So basically, no. I'll show you after, but it's basically it would be like a, a person pulling up like the nicest car. It's usually a, a super rich person or a celebrity, whatever, a rich person driving, and he pulls up the camera. He's like, hey, what do you do for a living? And they and usually they go, they would be honest. Some yeah. of them would be like a whole lot of nothing and pull off yeah. or whatever. And I remember just thinking, one day he'll pull up in my Prius. I don't care if I become rich, whatever, famous, whatever. But he will pull up. I will be driving my 2015 Toyota Prius because I'm like a few months off from paying that car off. And when I pay that fucking car off, it's still my baby. I yeah, love yeah, yeah. I. Robbie, I love my Prius. I'm so sorry to hear. <laughs> no, because the Prius has gone out of its way to make it boring inside. I yeah. don't know why they did that. But anyway. But no, no but, but, but from what I have come from, from, from yeah. the cars no, I, I've I had. I agree. I had, okay, my car before the Prius was a 2010 Honda that my parents didn't want to pay for anymore. So they were like, here, take this car. Also, can you just take care of the car now? It's just under our name. I had no choice because before that uh, accident, whatever. And before that was like, I used to, my first car was a really messed up BMW because someone owed my dad money and he didn't want to pay him back. He was like, here, just take this BMW. Yeah. And then my dad just gave me that BMW and it was a fucked up, messed up BMW. I'm like, Baba, I'm 17. I can't even afford the gas. I can't afford the oil. To, it's so expensive yeah. to maintain. Oh my God. So this Prius that I own, oh. And I, I, will, I will say, and then we'll go car shop. Because the thing is, it's not that I don't. Now I love material things. Okay. But I appreciate them. You know, my yeah. next car will be a Porsche. I'm okay. looking to. Okay. And, but here's the thing. Okay. A, there's like a meaningful reason beyond that. I don't have a relationship with my father. But my father loved Porsche. I remember growing up him loving Porsche. So I do feel like I try and keep my father alive in the positive ways that he was through me. Right. And maybe that's why I like old things because he liked old things and my mother liked old things too. So I tend to like, and I'll buy, you know, a vintage or something like that. But the thing is, I also watched the show on Netflix called Surviving Death. Did you watch that? Oh, no, I've heard Please of it. watch it. It's on my watch list, actually. No, you should watch it. Your father is up there. Watch it. <laughs> okay, I got it. You Connect know what? Connect with your father. What's okay, wrong okay. with you? I've... <laughs> scientific experiments done or scientific dialogue actually done about afterlife experiences and and what is it and whatever right. because science demands us if there's enough examples of people saying they've had a previous life or they had this really lucid dream that was like this and this and this if there's enough examples of something science demands us to look into it mm -hmm. so they finally have looked into it it's an amazing docu-series but the thing my biggest takeaway from it was not the takeaway you would think you know the big lesson about this series is life is limited that material is limited right that we will leave this earth our soul maybe go somewhere maybe it doesn't they don't make any definitive it's all for you to think about but the only thing we know is that, that our time here is limited mm -hmm. so my takeaway from that is the only thing i know is that the material world is limited so i want to enjoy the material world mm. while i have it that said i want to enjoy absolutely everything right. i have so i'm not against materialism i'm for balance in all areas i'm just so appreciative that i could appreciate materialism a little bit more than somebody born into it and doesn't you know doesn't understand that this is limited you know it's endless for them oh, and maybe yeah. they do appreciate it too you know i think rich people do appreciate things they just need a lot it's kind of like porn they need to like up the ante, oh, up the ante, yeah. up the ante, up right, the ante right. before they're, you know, and eventually they're watching like bestiality. Whatever <laughs> the fuck that gets them all. But, you know, I try and buy things that I'll have once. Like my watch is a nice watch. Right. Okay. But I love watches and I haven't had to buy another one, nor will I buy another one. Yeah. For as, as long as I've also, I, as a poor person, I tend to buy things too treat myself or to incentivize myself either a new deal or i got some you know this great opportunity right. or whatever so that's stuff i have to work on too that i can just get things for no reason for liking things but also i'm still at a position where i tie things to success mm. to, to professional success because that's something that i find personally motivating yeah i think it's i've 
from where I hear, it's like you like materialist things for your own good, and that's healthy because you buy materialist things for yourself and not to show off to other people. You don't give a fuck about what other people care of what you drive. It's just no. I like to buy this watch because it makes me feel happy, and I like what how I yeah. Look I love. Lo- you know, I tend to. I love old things. I love mechanical watches because I love that there's an old craft that goes into it. Yeah. When I buy something, I know everything about it. I know about cars, and I like cars, so that's why I would gravitate towards an old luxury car that mm. I want but I know how to maintain it I'm not the 17 year old having the the, oh, the, yeah. the the old BMW and not knowing so whatever you like I'm not anti-materialistic yeah. I'm not anti-anything I'm just more about balance and appreciation because you can have all like, like feelings of gratitude and appreciation are not ones you can really learn after mm. you kind of have to be raised in this it's it, it's I, I don't know i don't know how to learn generosity if you weren't from a young age being a part of it and sharing we yeah. were a part of it like your father was like always giving that's just what you saw it's very hard to unlearn being a taker yeah being a selfish person a lot of those people end up getting worse and worse and worse and they actually like combust speaking of bad advice Till this day, I'm still like indifferent. Okay, what do you think of this uh, piece of advice? Because so this was given to me around 26, 27 years old, and I still I feel very indifferent. It's some. It's okay to be selfish. You're you're in the time of your life to be selfish. Yeah, I think. What do you think? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's a specific time to be selfish. I think it's okay to take care of yourself. I think it's okay to put you first and mm. somebody else. You know, everybody uses the an- analogy on a plane: put your own mask on before you you put a child's on, right? Um, or somebody else's on. Yeah. Um, I think that's fine. I think there's a fine line between selfish. I think selfish has kind of a disregard for everything else i think you can care about yourself whilst taking into consideration those around for you. other I think people a way to do both i don't think it's black and white so i think for sure take care of yourself you know what i mean you're right uh, i think there's ways to do both simultaneously you know two thoughts can always be true at once and we're not able to live in a world where that's like the case right Right, that makes sense. You know, I think all advice, if it's like very black and white, like do this, don't yeah, do that, no. I'm like, well, there's got to be nuance to all of these conversations. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what I love about uh, this podcast. You're just dissecting every piece of advice because right, especially now, there's there's so many people that are giving people other people advices now, especially like those Instagram meme advices. Oh, forget it. Those are the worst, you know? You know, it's like, it's not serving me. Therefore, I'm supposed to let go. And you're like, what the fuck does that even mean? What are you talking about? You know what I no, mean? It's just like, they now people use certain piece of advice to, to use it for their own personal gain to be yeah. an asshole. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, some advice contradicts other advice. Like if you put it all together, yeah. if you put every meme together, what you would get is a balanced perspective. Correct. But if you pull one out and that's the one of the five rules you have, then you're missing so much. Right. Like ultimately all these little tidbits and these little like, you know, uh, you know, fun sayings or easy to say, they're all just one aspect of many, many things. Right. Um, this one person, she was, I, she probably read it from a fucking Instagram meme, but she was like, I need to heal first before anything. And I'm like, you're the one causing harm. And what are you idea talking that about? Yeah, and the idea that you have to heal, it's like healing is a life's work. Right. Like, here's the whole thing. Like, we are works in progress. So the day we, like, everybody's, like, finding themselves and stuff. Like, like I remember all my rich friends, they went to Europe. You know, they got to go backpacking and stuff like that. Yeah. I was working a lot to pay off school. Right. But they were, they break. were, they were, you know, going to Europe and backpacking, you know, to go find themselves. And I would say... What do you like? I, I didn't even understand the concepts. What like? Oh, would you believe it? I was behind a shoestring stand in Turkey. Like, where are you finding yourself? And I was, I found myself through doing the work of sustaining myself. And these people kind of had a delayed start to their lives. Right. I think. Oh, a thought that I had recently was that all these people who have mental illness. Like every millennial is like. I have this, I have this, I have this. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You know, they're all on pills for depression and anxiety, um, if not worse things, you know? Correct. A lot of the people we hear from are people who grew up in privilege and mental illness affects everyone, you everyone. Are. The loudest people about it tend to be the privileged people from my experience. Oh, okay? my dad. And here's oh. why. Here's why they're all mentally ill because they all grew up rich. Yeah. 
And for the first time now, they're having to sustain themselves. And they're having calamities. <laughs> like, they're literally falling apart. And we've been slowly doing it from 50, from our whole lives. We've been having to take care of ourselves a little bit. Our parents were there kind of as a, as a help, but not doing everything. And so we've just like gradually and so we're able to sustain ourselves and not totally collapse a lot of these people i hear from i go oh they grew up rich and now daddy's not doing something right and now they have to pay their own car you know rich people love to say friends my age i mean people i know 30 years old go well that's what you know i bought it with my money <laughs> i go bitch everything you see here is my money there's no <laughs> distinction between Somebody else's money and my, it's all my money. Right. So as opposed to what? Your parents' money? Right, right. My, my dad, there, this, again, Allah Yerhamah, may he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. My God. So my father, here's the thing. I used to, my brothers and I, we grew up six, five brothers, five boys, one girl. Oh my God. I have five brothers. Really? Yes. <laughs> I have amazing. five brothers. Yeah. That's Four all. sisters. Yeah. So it's. Wow. Yes. Poor girl. Oh my God. I know. She's, Mediam is a tough cookie. She's tough. She but could be a lesbian. That we to me. She probably you is. No, it could happen. I mean, you grew up as an identity crisis. Yeah. So my, uh, my, we used to joke around because some my dad he he owned the flooring company. He wasn't yeah. extremely rich, but he no, was he doing good. He worked hard. He did. His he worked thing. hard. He and was he the American those dream. lessons on you. And then my friends would be like, "Oh, your dad's like rich," and my brother would be like, "No, no, no. My dad's rich. We're poor." Exactly. Exactly. Which is true because my father was so generous. Where. As soon as I was 16 years old, 15 years old, it's like, if I asked him for anything, he was like, why should I, he would literally be like, why should I give you this money where there is people, because he's created this organization called Pure Hands, where they would send money to Yemen and Syria uh, to help, you know, because shit's going down. I don't know if you heard about Yemen, but there's a lot of drama there. We don't there. know enough about Yemen. <laughs> <laughs> we really don't. We yeah. really don't know enough about Yemen. Not I'm a sure lot it's of not good. It's not a lot. Yeah, doesn't, not good. It doesn't seem good. He also started, uh, he helped co-found the Muslim Legal Fund of America because there was lots of uh, Muslims, mostly black Muslims, who were wrongfully convicted and Terrible. going to jail. So my dad was doing these big organizations. He was also board of the mosque. So he was doing so many things to help people so like even as a young kid it would be weird to be like hey baba i know you're helping these orphans in yemen but uh i want to go to six flags with my friends like there is no way yeah, so no, there's no room for so that. 15 years old i would go to like mass it's like muslim america this community i was like hey is there a way i can make some money they go yeah sell these calendars for five dollars you get two dollars for every calendar i'm like Oh my god! And yes. I'm I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, ooh, okay, I know exactly what I was doing, you know. So I'm going. I'm not. I was selling Muslim calendars to like non-Muslims in our neighborhood. I bought <laughs> one. If you showed up, yeah. This, I, yeah, this nice Jewish man. I still remember this. He gave me twenty dollars. He patted me on the head. He, he and then I, he was like, "Good job, dude." Okay. And I was like, "You want the calendar?" He's like, "No, no, no." no. <laughs> I was just gonna say I bought chocolate from kids. Now I do hate kids selling things if they have to. Right. Like, I, 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 I appreciate it. if it comes from your father what i'm not for is like actual i do think there's room you know in poor families sometimes for the parents to you know i think the parents are so spread thin often if they don't you know if they work you know a few jobs or stuff like that where the kids have to grow up too fast and right. i feel like i've that's uh, happened to me a bit and that's i need to correct that because i do think that's too much right. but so when i see kids having to sell things or whatever you know i we've gone like i'm not asking you know i don't think people should grow up uh, horribly, I think it's good to grow up with the lessons. I think your dad did a great job of that balance. Right. I think of providing for you guys. He but paid for my you school. No, but and also keeping you know, but showing you through example. Right. You know, so many rich people I know, um, their parents are very wealthy. They pay for everything. Everything. Uh, my ex, you know, they paid for everything. She went to an amazing school. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on the school, and then they cut her off. Oh, okay. So. What's bad about that is the, the, the ethnic families that I know and, and mostly Jewish on my in my case, yeah. they, the rich Jews that I know in many cases, and this is not all the case because they've fallen victim to a lot of the shit I complained about too, is they made, they came from poor families like your, like your father doing the American dream, their first time making companies and doing well. Right. But they taught their kids every step of the way, the lessons. <laughs> they showed their kids the hard work. They brought their kids to work. I find in waspy rich families sometimes they'll make all, you know, all this money, but they don't 
share or teach their the kids knowledge. how they did anything. So the kids kind of have these existential crises. They're cut off all of a sudden after 25 or something. And then they have to go make their own money and they're totally clueless about how to do it. So oh, I yeah. think with everything, balance. It sounds like your father actually achieved the balance that I wish for everyone where it's like you're doing well you're not starving he's worked hard but most importantly he's imparted the lessons onto you through his actions right through the way he lived and yeah and and, and you know what i mean so and the best part about that's all the best th- advice is right. through actions and experience yeah yeah i mean and the coolest part about all of like my father's generosity was again like as i was telling you like there was times when i was 18 17 you know everyone's moody phase (laughs) everyone has a different (laughs) you know you got a pms i'm on my period no but uh no i remember like genuinely getting mad because there was a there was this man who like took advantage of my dad already multiple times and then the man came again and my dad was we were i was literally my brothers and i we were like no fuck go away like he knew aren't takers the worst we were like we were literally yeah i was literally like go away like fucking leave please just go like we're just young kids obviously but we're just fucking go away we know you're gonna just tug my dad's heartstrings or whatever and then you're gonna take my he ended up you know wiggle because he's a fucking weasel he ended up you know getting money from my dad i remember just like getting just having so much resentment towards everything about it but my dad was i was like why are you so generous a lot of these people don't deserve it blah 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 Okay, cut back to many, many years later. You know, last year, my father dies. Before he died, so he, uh, he had uh, the, the COVID, obviously, yeah. it like fucked up his lungs. He already has my, he's immune compromised. So he's in the hospital for days and he's under the tube. The most, the, the, the nurses were like, I've never seen so many people come visit your father. Like so many people are coming. And everyone's wearing masks and they just want to go to the hospital and they pray for my dad, pay their respects, even though, you know, he's under the tube. He dies June 5th. The next day we bury him. I'm not sure if it's similar in Jewish culture. And y'all don't, you guys, you guys don't bury them in coffins, do y'all? Yeah, we do. But very basic there. It's, it's a, it's a wood box almost. Yes. Okay. So, and, uh, so what we had to do is we, you clean, we clean my father's body. Yeah. And then we wrap him in a white blanket. And then uh, we put him in a wood box, but we take out the wood box and we carry my dad. We bury my father in the blanket only. Okay, yeah, we're very minimal. There's very not minimal. A big fancy no, often you die very, just yourself. Right. And so if it's like a, a small like plywood or even that's it. It's a nothing. Yeah. Yeah, because from him being sick to the this moment where I finally started seeing the big picture was. It's my brothers and I, we're carrying the, the coffin, this box. They take out, you know, they unfold the box. My brothers and I, we carry his body. And then I'm in the grave. I let go of my father. As soon as I get up from the grave, that's when I see, holy, look at all these fucking people. Yeah. So many people. Stories my dad never told us he was hiding from no, us because he knew we would be. Okay. So there is a Syrian woman after, during the funeral. The Syrian woman came up to me and she goes, hi, um, I came here as a refugee during uh, um, uh, Al-Assad, uh, that, you know, whatever politics. I came here as a refugee with me and my children. I had no other place to go. I had nowhere to live. My, your father, he rented a house in Irving somewhere he rented a house and I he I would he would come every month to pay collect his rent after Friday Mm -hmm. prayer he was like he was like I'll climb and there were so many times where I didn't have the money my your father would say no 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 keep it feed your children feed your children and my dad would leave and she goes here's all the months and she had like some cash and a check and money she's like here's all the months the money that I wanted to give and I was like I we couldn't accept it. No, We're like, no. Your dad never would. <laughs> my dad wouldn't accept it. So no. why do you think I've got chills? Yeah. In my head, I, I should have been like, yo, yo, fuck. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you actually did take the money. I did take the okay, money. You should, no. yeah. You you should actually say, listen, I'm gonna give you some of this back, but no, I do need a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Thank I gotta so fly much. back. You yeah, know, yeah, I do have to fly back. There's gonna be Russia's gonna be. invade Ukraine yeah, in a year yeah, from now. Yeah, so yeah, no, but um, no. So we gave we gave it back. But it's not just her. This is just her of the many stories. A man came we're just my brothers and i were sitting around this grave our friends and stuff from stories like that even not only my dad donated people's t- his money but he donated his time 
there were so many times where there were other Arab kids in the community. They would have fights with their fathers and then they would get kicked out. Most of the time, they end up in our house. Right. And your dad is doing calls <laughs> to the other parents. So exactly. So my dad would go to the other father's house and he would mend the relationship between the father and son. So my dad did so. So there's just a lot. Yeah. And, and, and just just on that point of like, you know, I'm people like, oh, you hate takers. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not talking about poor people who need things and people are generous to them. Okay, I don't consider that a taker. You'd be surprised. Those people are the least likely to want to take. People who right. need help often don't, you know, are, are so embarrassed by that. That's not a taker. That's yeah. somebody understanding when they need help and thank God accepting the help that's available to them. Like okay? the help you just the, gave me this the, morning. <laughs> the, the biggest takers in the world are the richest people. When yeah. you think of a person like Amazon, he takes everything by underpaying um, employees right. by underpaying everybody and taking free labor the biggest takers are the richest people and the biggest givers are the poorest people I have found that to be my experience so when I say right. there's givers and takers we all hate takers in the end because they're just so you know they, they like a guy like that who sounds like he wasn't in, in trouble maybe he had uh, you know misused the money and is constantly going betting on the next crypto thing or whatever right. these are selfish people i'm not talking about the mother who comes and has finally humbled herself to be like i do need this help in oh, this way yeah, and yeah. come to accept so so don't come at me for that okay <laughs> yeah, make no mistake not, yeah, that definitely. i find the richer you are the more likely to be a taker you are you know right. we talk about government in this country you know it, oh Poor people, they live, they want to be takers. They want to take it. No, they don't. To getting $800 a month to feed their families is not taking. What taking is, is when you need to be bailed out, you're a multi-billion dollar company <laughs> and you're taking from tax dollars to bail out. That's the real taking that's happening in this oh country. My, my mother gave me advice that's similar to what your father was saying. Where I got so upset. We were walking home one day. We were like going to the subway or something. I don't even remember what. And my mother always clutched her purse. Basically nothing in it. Okay. And then some, you know, somebody homeless on the street, like, you know, was begging. And my mother gave a five. Yeah. And I go, you're giving a five. I thought we were tight. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was tight this month. You're giving a five. Yeah. You know, he's just going to spend it. I, I said something that I heard somebody say, you know, just going to spend it on booze. Yeah. Yeah. That's the saying. And right? my mother, my mother said, it's not for me what somebody spends, what I give them. You give to give. Mm. Either you give to give or you don't give at all. We don't then make judgments or put stipulations on what we give. And your father sounds like that. Like, listen, this guy's coming. I do believe him. You give to give. I'm right. not giving to judge why he's okay. If I don't want to give, I don't give. That's right. one thing, and that's fair. But once you're giving, give to give and don't put your own judgments. Um, you don't, you know what I mean? So that's good advice, I guess my mother said, is give to give. And she also said in the same thing, I said, well, why a five, you know? Yeah. So my five is a big amount. <laughs> yeah, if you, you give know? to give, you give it a one. Five for me is a week, so, you know, I could do a lot with a five back then. So right. she goes, you know, sometimes it's also when you're feeling so tight, it's important to give, to remind yourself you're in a position to give. Yeah. So that even though we have so little, you still have enough to give. It was so interesting that my mother, it was a good reminder for her to give. So sometimes when I'm going through hell or I'm so worried about stuff or whatever, um, especially on Fridays, you know, I try and the first person I see give the, the whatever denomination of money I have on me. I try and just, you know what, just, just to live by that as much as possible that remind myself, look, I had money in my pocket. You know, yeah. I'm in a position to give. Yeah, I don't you just know, need just to be reminded of like it. That. Yeah. You know, if it's, a, you know, sometimes I'm like, I give the smallest denomination I have in my pocket. The smallest denomination is a 20. I'm mad, but I'm still doing it. I'm like, my God, I could use Go a break a right break now. a 20, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know or I mean. do you accept Venmo? Like, yeah, what's up with that? God. Oh, man, I'm just taking it all in right now because that that is some solid advice about generosity. Sometimes you feel like, and especially with our upbringing, you just feel like, Am I doing enough? Am I giving enough? You, you know? are. I, I will say at this point, no, this is going back yeah. to the selfish point that your friend said at 27. You're right. Okay. And I don't know if you're 37 now. You do need to be selfish. Right now. I, I turned 29 okay. Saturday. Okay. Here, mazel tov. Happy birthday. <laughs> but here's what we need to do. Right now is the time to start giving back to yourself in terms of how, you know, keeping your room clean and that sort of stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I no, do think you're, you're not in a position to give yet until you're good with yourself. You don't have to, you know right. what I mean? We can always give in little ways. Don't give don't give at the expense of yourself. That's what I'll say. So that's give what my yeah. To give 
but not at the expense. If it starts hurting you, that's not good. Correct. That's not good either. So give where it's comfortable. Right now, you know, you can't give away your Swiffer. We need the Swiffer. Right, right. Okay? So not not to hurt yourself. It's everything, like I said, is in balance. You know, I think there's such a push in our culture, or American culture, just generally towards happiness, happiness. How do you be happy? Ten right. ways to be happy. Be happy. Like, everybody's got to be happy. But I think the, the goal should be to be balanced. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be fine happiness. You couldn't have happiness without sadness. You couldn't have appreciation without you know, uh, something on the other side. Everything is yin yang. To have profound, huge happiness, you have to have come through something. You know, there's everything is like, you know, life is ideally like ups and downs with an upward trajectory. Mm-hmm. So it's still like leaning up overall, but there's still a lump, you know, along the way. Bumps right. along the way. So I just think that lumps cause you But you know what I mean? I do think that you should, um, you know, the, the, the striving should be towards balance and not making people feel bad that like, oh, if you're not happy every single day, you're not doing it. You <laughs> oh, know? my no. God. Yeah, oh, happiness. Have shit days. Have crap days. Get it out. Oh, and was, then rejuvenate. I was having a shit week last week. I feel a lot Thank better Thank God now. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I'm known as an uplifting, a positive person. Well, you know what? It's funny because I try to, I tell people, yeah, I'm clean. Yeah, I'm organized. Today, I proved myself I'm not. And Listen, that's okay. Listen, I've seen worse is the good news. I've seen worse. You're not the worst. You're not even close to the worst. And at 29, this is unfortunately the acceptable state. This is what we've required of men. I'm saying no longer. I'm saying no longer. I'm saying 29 is a man. I, I, I understand. I, listen, okay. Robbie, okay. June 15, 2023, get ready. I can't fucking wait. I've been, I, I was following or this guy's story. Have you heard of Mr. Beast, the YouTuber? No. He, I'm sure if you like Google him or you see him like, oh, I've seen this guy's videos or you've for sure seen a thumbnail, but he's right now has the most, like the most subscribers, makes the most money, blah, blah, blah. But he, even though he makes the most money, he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't flaunt the money or anything. He gives so much. But what I'm trying to say is I love his story is he's so focused on just YouTube. You know, as a yeah. kid, as since 12 years old, all he did was study YouTube. No media apps, no nothing. He just studied YouTube. Yeah. And he would be he would I stay up that. all night with other kit with other friends that he made in his like 18, 19, 20, and he was just on Zoom staying up all night talking about the algorithm, what works, what kind of editing style, like breaking down everything YouTube. Yeah. It was just so fascinating of like it. he just perfected one thing. Yeah. And now he's, you know, he's just, yeah, he's 23, I, I really... makes more money than God. <laughs> uh, but he's, yeah, he's, he's up there, you know, yeah. but it, it, and JLo's interesting that she didn't perfect, like, I don't, you know, she perfected a space as an entertainer, but she is an incredible actor. Yes. Incredible. Great singer and great dancer. You know, I think there's, there's only a few people in the world and it just speaks to their talent that, you know, I'm I'm trying to perfect really two things, which is stand up and writing. And now right. I've been getting more acting and stuff like that. But it's all in the same space. There's only a few people that I can think like JLo. You know, I could think Jim Carrey who acts and does stand up. I can think of, you know, Robin Williams who acts and does stand up mm-hmm. and sings um, or musicals or whatever. But, you know, not many people like her just speaking to her talent of how, you know, and she's gotten high up on all of those Mm. All of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Jamie Foxx is one of a kind. Jamie Foxx is the other one. He's the one I wanted oh to my, think of. Yeah. Jamie oh Foxx. Have you seen the Kanye West documentary? No. Someone told me it was fantastic. I gotta watch it. Uh, he's because he's going through, you know, I think Kanye West, I, I hesitate to comment on him because this is somebody who's going through it. He's right. Somebody who's sick. Very publicly too. Yeah. He's, he's clearly, you know, he's diagnosed. He's talked about it. He's been open about it. I thought his interview with Letterman, was one of the best interviews I've ever seen on mental illness. Oh, really? I should. Yes. Okay, I um, my next is, I think it's the first. Season oh, I think I've seen it. I it's think it's so I've... good. Him and Ellen's interview with. Oh, Ellen I liked Ellen's interview. Best. Yeah. Ellen's interview was the most real I'd seen her in a long time. Right. Um, ever. Um, so hopefully she returns to that, but she also doesn't need to and should probably just, you know. I, I, I don't know. Try and find happiness within herself because yeah. no, she's done the material way and she's has it. And now just going, what are you left with? Um, I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I don't have know. Have you ever have you ever this. taken shrooms? Yes. I just tried them for the first time. Oh, OK. Fantastic experience. Yeah. I was going to say you I seem was, like a person. Then. OK. I was giggling. You know what? I didn't have like a major trip. Yeah. I did like 
I guess a little bit more than a micro. Okay. Um, have you done it? Oh yeah, I used to do shrooms a good amount, but I haven't done it uh, since my father died for obvious reasons. But uh, I'm going to Electric Forest at the end mean? of the month. It's a rave festival. Oh, it's that's a- horrendous. <laughs> no, no, you said. It's one of the worst things I've ever heard of. Yeah, but life. it's a really big fest- music festival. And uh, the the way the forest... I, I used to go a lot before the pandemic. And uh, the way the forest is set up is I has like glowing lights and whatever. But I like taking shrooms there. But I like going I like going on hikes and taking yeah, shrooms. No, I, I like Joshua like Tree. Yeah, I'm going to do the Joshua Tree. And I'm going to do like the big trip where it's like, is this therapy? Like two and a half, three grams. I don't know. Whatever it is. That's... that's you want to take... You want to take like about three grams see i don't know what a gram is i like taking like actual shrooms and and every time i take shrooms it what i love about it it's it kills your ego and it just it and that's what i love about yeah yeah no i haven't had the ego death yet which i've heard about so i well i only wanted to you know i wanted to try it first just to see and i was giggling and it wasn't the word you know i'm very like you know uh i'm very scared of drugs and things like that so I'm happy that like, okay, I didn't blow up or something, but now I'm ready to do, you know, I'd like to have that experience where I have a couple days off maybe in my schedule and I can really just like lean in right? And, like, if I need to cry. Cause I never cry. Mm. I hardly ever cry. And I do like to cry when I can cry, but I do feel like I would love like the, whatever, blo- you know, to just really get into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I cry when necessary, but I do hear that people can have trips on shrooms where they just see clarity in a lot more. Things. Yeah, yeah, you do. And I'm excited to take some shrooms again. I haven't I do, done it in over yeah. a year and I kind of want to. I feel like it's necessary because my ego has been all over the place. That's yeah, how huh? I feel. Well, ego is very powerful, especially for men, the way ego, how ego is instilled in us. Yeah, you know? I don't really understand like, it. Especially for Arab men, that's another. But that's another topic for another. Maybe well, that's honestly, not the topic for me. Ego <laughs> yeah. of Arab men. I don't know. With Robbie Hoffman. Okay, let's get into it. Yeah, let's, let's get, get into, into the it. ego of Arab men. Well, I think what we've done, we've done what we could today. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, jumping off points. No, uh, no. I feel good. Uh, is, in a year. Is there anything you want to plug before we get off? Um, yes, yeah, so you 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 can uh, follow me on Instagram for nudes occasionally <laughs> at Robbie. Hoffman, R-O-B-B-Y, H-O-F-F-M-A-N. And I am on Twitter being a shithead most of the time yeah. at I am Robbie Hoffman. Awesome. And of course, you can follow me at Ahmed Loves Bread. Uh, this was your podcast. Mond- uh, I'm your host, Ahmed Al-Kaji, and your wonderful guest, Robbie Hoffman. Thank Happy you. Monday, everybody.